I always look forward to our Tuesday conversations with writers who write about politics at every level of government. And Christian Snyder joins us this morning from the National Review Online. He's uh, author of two books, which you can still find on Amazon and all the great places you buy books. Good morning, Christian. Morning. How are you? I am good. Let's talk presidential politics. We, uh, We've certainly had a busy week last week. We had the the Biden news that, uh, frankly, he didn't perform very well in front of an investigation or a a committee that's looking at his actions, uh, looking at his actions related to documents, not a committee, but uh, an investigation looking at uh, classified documents. And then we saw certainly the Donald Trump stories continue to cycle on with the, uh, the civil judgment, which is massive. Obviously, some of the other cases are, are churning through the system in the, in the slow way that the legal process goes. You had an interesting point, though, when we were going back and forth before the, uh, the conversation this morning. And you said this, and you could kind of clarify if you want, that you wouldn't be surprised if neither one of these two gentlemen is president in 2026. Explain. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, we all look at what's happening from day to day, week to week, kind of what's right in front of our faces. And, uh, you know, we see the things happening in the 2024 election uh, because that is the, you know, that's that that's the end point. But look, I mean, we've got one president who's facing 91 felony counts uh, and we've got another who is rapidly deteriorating before our eyes. Uh, and that's no secret to anyone. I know Democrats are upset when you point that out. Uh you know, they're very upset at both the New York Times for pointing it out and the, uh, you know, the, the DOJ report that came out. But everybody sees it and everybody knows it. So you have these two guys. One of them is going to be elected president in 2024. But have we really thought about what happens then? Um, you know, after after uh, they're inaugurated, is Trump going to be sent to prison <laughs> is is biden going to be able to keep up his uh uh you know his mental acuity and i think the answer to that both those uh questions that well i guess in the trump case it would be yes and no um so we need to start looking at what are going to be the options if they can't fulfill their terms and then you know you have kamala harris who is going to be uh, vice president uh, again if if joe biden wins and then the wild card is who is Donald Trump going to pick as his vice president? And you have this embarrassing slew of people sucking up to him, you know, saying that they wouldn't uh, uh, they wouldn't certify an election or they wouldn't have certified the last election. And uh, you know, so you could end up with somebody like Carrie Lake or Lee Stefanik or Tim Scott or JD Vance or somebody like that uh, being president while having been been elected to nothing. So. Uh, we need to look a little bit further out than Election Day 2024 and try to figure out what's going to happen, uh, you know, when one of these guys actually gets elected. If if Biden wins re-election, and again, there's so many ifs in this in this race that, you know, all of this stuff is just, you know, pure speculation. If he wins re-election, I don't think there's any guarantee that Donald Trump's going to go away. I mean, why would he? He's going to be trying to fundraise constantly because he's going to have massive legal bills to pay. I, I don't, you know, a lot of people say if he's if he's convicted of, of one of these things, especially the criminal charges, he'll go to jail. I, I'm not confident that he would, a president would ever be placed in, in a prison or a jail cell. I think they're either he'd be pardoned by a, a, the current president or 
some of the accommodation is made. So why would we assume that Donald Trump's going to go away quietly? He certainly didn't do that in 2020. Uh, true. He's got a, he's got a lot of money to raise. I mean, even let's just forget the criminal charges. He's now got what about a half a billion dollars that he's got to fork over because of these these civil cases. Uh, and so now he's out selling shiny tennis shoes, <laughs> basketball shoes, yeah. in order to fund uh, in order to fund his his campaign. Um, you know, look, Donald Trump is a legal defense fund that happens to be running for a president. You know, he raises this money. Technically, he, I don't think he can use his the money he raises for his legal bills, but the PACs uh, that he's associated with, uh, you know, can take five, ten dollars from from Granny and spend them on his his legal bills. And I think he spent over fifty million dollars uh, of that money on his legal bills. So you're right. Even if he loses, he's still going to have to keep the Trump dream alive uh, and fundraise. Uh, in order to pay off all these legal bills. Otherwise, he's going to end up having to sell Mar-a-Lago or uh, any of these other things. So uh, you're right. Even if even if Biden wins, uh, we haven't heard the last of Trump. And, you know, there are a lot of people who say, well, you know, in a, a few years, we're going to sit back and laugh at this uh, at all this. Uh, you know, someday we're going to think about like we all went so crazy back in those back in the Trump days, didn't we? But I don't see any end to this. I don't I don't think we're heading into any uh, future of sanity where we can look back and laugh at all this because you have people like Elise Stefanik and uh, J.D. Vance and all these people. They're the future of the Republican Party, and they are 100 percent in on Trump. So uh, the incentive is for them to be as crazy as possible. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, great segue to our next conversation after the break. you got a great piece up at National Review Online. What if this is just the beginning? Christian Snyder <laughs> will discuss that and more with our guest, Christian Snyder, after this on WTMJ. Oh, well done, Christian Charlie. My guest, Christian Snyder, every other Tuesday here on the Political Power Hour. Uh, Dan Schaefer coming up in a little bit from the other side of the political aisle. Christian Slater, conservative writer and, and a great writer on politics and more. Um, so the, the headline of your latest piece, National Review Online, what if this is just the beginning? We sort of were talking about a little bit of that for the break. First sentence, this era of American politics has got a fever and there's no antidote in sight. Rather pessimistic view, Christian, of our future, but I'm not going to say it's wrong. Yeah, I I hate to be pessimistic, but uh, it looks like where we're headed. Um, You know, last year or last week we had uh, Green Bay Congressman Mike Gallagher. uh, Yeah, uh, Mike Gallagher decide not to run again, and you know he was kind of the golden boy. He was another one of these Wisconsin politicians, and you know, like Paul Ryan or Scott Walker, who seemed destined for the national stage, and who have been kind of crushed under the weight of of Donald Trump. Um, because, you know, they're more traditional conservatives. They're, they're more Reaganites. And, uh, you know, Mike Gallagher had taken a lot of votes that I thought were head-scratching, but even those votes couldn't, couldn't ingratiate him enough with, uh, with Trump world. So when these people, uh, and you have a lot of other people, uh, you know, Kathy McMorris-Rogers uh, and other people have decided to retire from Congress, when these people leave, they're not going to be replaced by, you know, 
oregonite. They're going to be replaced by, as my friend Tim Miller says, you know, some guy named Cletus von Ivermectin. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're, oh, that's they're good. Uh, yeah, they're going to be replaced by some, some mega person. And uh, the cycle is just going to keep going on and keep going on. The incentive for these people is to be as obnoxious uh, as possible. You know, when they have these hearings, these hearings aren't to find out anything new. They're basically uh, in order for Congress people to yell at, at people who are testifying in order to try to get a 60-second uh, sound clip that you can put on, on uh, Twitter or X or whatever. And that's what politics is now. And until those incentives reverse themselves, I don't see anything changing, really. So is it because of the, I call it the culture of crazy, right? Reality TV, you know, the housewives, bachelorettes, and, you know, you know, going back to The Apprentice, Celebrity Apprentice with Donald Trump. Is it the culture of that, or is it uh, the individual like Donald Trump, like Lauren Boebert, even to some degree, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, former bartender, who is now apparently a brilliant stateswoman? What is it exactly? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely the culture, and Donald Trump plays into that culture. But you have all those minions like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates, uh, and you know Lauren Boebert, these other people who, uh, you know, they want to be on reality television shows. They don't want to be in Congress, but Congress allows them uh, the media platform uh, to be able to do these types of things. I mean. Matt Gates is kind of the guy behind all these speaker switches. Uh, every time they vacate a, a, a new speaker, Gates is behind it because he knows he can get a good five, ten days of, of media out of it. Um, you know, our the our Congress people are not interested in solving problems; they're interested in getting attention for themselves. And as long as attention is the coin of the realm, you're going to have people acting uh, like total morons. Because it, it gets them in the news and it gets them followers. So if I'm reading your, I'm reading your your piece as you're talking, I mean, you know, there's there's this, I think, question of, of it, will there be a return to normalcy? The exact words you wrote in your piece, and and I, I think there's this large group of Americans who would like to see that, but unfortunately they're not acting in a way that would make that happen in, or in big enough numbers, or they're being you know pushed down by the excessive noise from the extremists on both sides of the aisle. I would like to see a return to normalcy, but like you, I'm not confident that's going to happen anytime soon. And I, I do think that it's going to get worse before it gets better. The dangerous part of all of that is, of course, policy suffers. We don't have meaningful answers to problems that ail us. Uh, and and it's just it's just the culture of just insanity, absurdity that drives politics. And I don't know how we can... Like, here's the question. Who's the disruptor? Who disrupts that that trend? Who comes in and says, this is crazy, we're not doing this? Is there somebody like that, either a Republican or a Democrat, for that sake? For that matter, What? who is that person? Uh, that's an excellent question. I wish I had the answer for you. Uh, it's not Nikki Haley, I can tell you that. I mean, that's, you know, Nikki Haley represents normalcy. I mean, she represents an actual normal human Republican but in Wisconsin, she's down in the Republican primary, like six. It was like sixty-two to twenty or something right, like that. Right. Yeah. Not close. But 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 she, yeah. But she beats Biden in the state by fifteen points. So you have the the person most likely to beat Biden uh, who can't even sniff at winning a uh, a Republican primary because people like the drama. They like the they like the craziness. They like the entertainment that uh, 
that Donald Trump brings. You know, Trump Trump made it Trump made his way in the Republican Party because he was already a celebrity. He already, you know, everybody knew who he was. I think in order to finally end Trumpism, you would actually need a celebrity. Someone who has a big name who decides, okay, enough with this. We're going to go back to traditional conservatism. But I don't know who that name is. If it's like an athlete, maybe it's like Peyton Manning or something, something. He's like, okay, enough of this. We're going back to traditional conservatism, and and he runs for Senate or something. Yeah, a um, sane celebrity. Maybe that's what we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, you, you need somebody with almost universal name recognition in America in order to combat Trump because everybody knows who he is, and uh, we're kind of stuck with him for a while. All right, that's my homework. I'm going to think about some names. I'm going to throw them at you in a couple of weeks when we, uh, when we regroup, and uh, maybe we'll come up with the answer to this problem that perplexes American politics. Christian Snyder, always great to talk talk with you. You can find his work at National Review Online, author of two books, and a great podcast unrelated to politics, but certainly on point on the, the great show that is Saturday Night Live. How can folks find that uh, that great podcast? Uh, people can go to wasn'tthatspecial.com, wasn'tthatspecial.com, or you can find it on Twitter X at uh, 50 Years of SNL. Always appreciate the conversation, Christian Snyder. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, you too.